LeBron James has a sore knee, and the Lakers are a ninth in the West, a cause for concern in L.A. Steph and Clay looking a little bit more like the Splash Brothers we know, and all-star starters are here. Lots to talk about on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Friday edition of the Locked On NBA podcast, where we talk about the latest and greatest going on around the association. I'm Tony East, host of Locked On Pacers. He's Adam Mares from Locked On Nuggets. What's up, Adam? How you doing? Good, man. Um, finishing off the week strong with the Lakers loss. Always good. <laughs> yeah, that's the the headline of the night. LeBron with knee soreness does not play in Philly, and they're on a back-to-back, so they got to deal with LeBron soreness again tomorrow for the Lakers. Mm. They lose to Philly. That's a big one. For the Lakers as they fall in the standings. The Warriors played Minnesota tonight. That game was pretty fun despite the score not looking like it was super close. All-star starters got announced, and it's power ranking Friday. There's a lot to talk about today, but that's the lead. Let's do it. The Lakers go into Philly, and they they don't look like a good basketball team. LeBron doesn't play. He's got this sore knee. The Lakers say he just wakes up in some pain, and they're holding him out for cautionary reasons. When you're 37, every sore... Yeah. Anything makes me a tiny bit nervous, even if he's LeBron and he's superhuman. AD looked really good. Russ looked okay. No one else on the Lakers gave him much of anything. Do you have any cause for concern here, Adam, with the Lakers with LeBron out as they fall to ninth after this loss? I mean, there's no question about it. But before I kind of get into concern for it, I, I, you know, this game, they lose by 20 points or 18 points. It wasn't, to your point, it wasn't all that close. But I actually think there were some encouraging things if you're a Lakers fan. I mean, Anthony Davis, this was, I think, uh, you know, this was a solid game for him. Going in a very tough matchup, he was matched up against Joel Embiid quite a bit. And I thought he held his own. I mean, Joel Embiid won the matchup. You look at the numbers, he was a plus 21 when he's on the court. Embiid, 26 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. But, you know, Embiid's been doing that to everybody. In fact, I, you could argue that's Joel Embiid's least impressive game for about six weeks. So yeah, uh, it was a really tough assignment. And more than the win or the loss, I was just curious, how does uh, Anthony Davis look? And he, Embiid was physical with him. There were, you know, there were times when both guys were hitting the floor. There was collisions underneath and this or that. And I just thought Anthony Davis did a nice job in what was probably a hopeless effort when you don't have LeBron with you. Yeah, I agree with all that. That was Davis's seventh game since November. And it was his fifth highest scoring game of the season. So he really... Basically, yeah. since he's been out for a while with his injury, it was one of his better performances in general, even with, you know, Embiid being Embiid. And the thing you, you're right, like Embiid had 26 and it was one of his worst games in like the entire month of January. He was averaging like 40 over 40 points in his last five or something like that. Right. Uh, Yang was excellent off the bench for the Sixers yeah. in this game. Drilled, I think he drilled a three every time I looked up from my couch. Yeah. Tobias Harris was really good. For the Sixers as well, and they they didn't even play like awesome, you know. They they won by eighteen right. and, and played good defense, but their offense was not like amazing or anything like that. They only got seventeen free throws up, like they 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 shot pretty well from the field, but it wasn't like the most beautiful basketball ever. But the Lakers continue. I mean, they're nine and seven when all three of AD Russ and LeBron play, which That's is the a small sample size. I know it's sixteen games, but they they have games where only two of them play or only one of them play. That I just. They right. never look that awesome to me. And so yeah. that's always going to be the thing for them is like, yeah, they can be good. They have talented players. But I I always worry about what the Lakers can be as, as injuries hurt them, as they have an older team in general. 
I mean, the Westbrook story is not going away. He obviously just hasn't looked good all year, and um, especially as a fit there. I think the idea, especially as this season has played out, I mean, one of the things that makes sense about what the Lakers' plan was was that this season was going to be so absurd for everybody, including the Lakers with the 37-year-old LeBron James. So the idea of having different guys who could carry you on different nights is actually pretty sound. It'd be nice. Every team would like the luxury of, hey, we know this is player A's team, but on any given night, player B can kind of step in and you get a rest night. The problem has been that hasn't worked out that way. Westbrook hasn't been able to carry him. But I think if you look at what AD did tonight, Anthony Davis did tonight, 31 points, 12 rebounds. But here's the important part to me. Two steals, four block shots, and again, going up against Joel Embiid, one of the most dominant offensive forces in all the league, it – to me, it was a little bit of a reminder of, oh, yeah, AD at his best, which we haven't seen much of this year, but AD at his best is still a unicorn-type defender who can affect shots all over the court. And offensively, you know, he adds a, a really dynamic piece, uh, a really dynamic layer. So LeBron, AD, even if the roster isn't perfect, that's still a force. But your point about the record is what gets me. They're 24-25, and 25, below 500. And if you go over to the standings right now, They sit as the nine seed, and they are four games behind the Denver Nuggets and Dallas Mavericks in the loss column for that final playoff spot before you have to go to the play-in. You look at the strength of schedule going forward. The Lakers have the hardest, by a wide margin, the hardest schedule remaining. You mentioned a back-to-back tomorrow. I think it's not a lock, but I think the odds that the Lakers are a play-in team are really high, and I'm starting to think the odds that the Lakers are a Set like a 9-10 seed, meaning they have to win two play-in games, are actually higher than people people probably realize. So are they a good team? Can they be good at the right moment? I think so, but they're probably going to have to do things the hard way. I will never, ever ride off a LeBron James team until reality slaps me in the face. But, like, we're 50 games in. You know, I understand injuries and stuff have really befuddled, or that's the wrong word, but really muddled what what I can think the Lakers are. But at some point, you are you are, right? And 50 games is getting somewhat close to unsalvageable reputation. Mm. For me, I understand the, the <laughs> players on their team and the situations they've had this year make it impossible to just say that. But 50 games is a lot of games, Adam Morris. 50 games is a lot of games. It is a lot of games, but again, this is the year. 50, 50 games in this season is really like 20 games in a regular season. <laughs> like This season is so re- – yes, just go look true. at some of the guys who have started, not just for the Lakers. Look, everybody's faced adversity. The Miami Heat have faced adversity this year. They're doing a lot better. So there is something to what you're saying. But I still think that the Lakers' best punch we know is very good. We don't know how good it is. We don't know if it's championship good. We don't even know if it's get out of the first round good. But we know it's better than what they have been so far. And they just have thrown that first punch so seldomly. What I do think, though, is that this Lakers team planned on and wanted to be a playoff team, not a play-in team. And that's the thing that I think is a little concerning. I mean, if you look at this, the play-in right now features the Clippers, who also, by the way, have one of the toughest schedules remaining. The Timberwolves, who are a a really fun team. We'll talk about them uh, here coming up. The Lakers and the Blazers. Okay, the Blazers don't really belong there. Maybe Pelicans take them over. Maybe Zion comes back, throws a wild card. I don't know. But if you talk about one of Clippers, Lakers, Timberwolves doesn't make it, and then you think about if you are the nine seed in that equation, you have to win twice in a row to get into the playoffs. That's where you just get into dangerous territory. And if you're LeBron James and Anthony Davis, as much as I think they're better than what their record shows, a one and done two times back to back is just a really tough thing to have to to have to overcome just to get into playing what I think is the best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. 
I agree with a lot of that. Uh, and speaking of the Minnesota Timberwolves, they played a very nice uh, first half against the, <laughs> the Golden State Warriors tonight. And in the second half, look, there's a lot about the Warriors I want to talk about in this game. But in the second half, you know what we saw that we haven't seen for a while because he's been slumping? We saw Steph Curry make some shots that are just that were just mean yep. shots, you know, yep. like this dude's an MF kind of shots. And yep. it wasn't just Steph Curry was wide open and he hit a couple wide open threes, but he hit just like, hell yeah, I'm Steph Curry. I'm amazing shots in this game. And it's been a while since I've seen stuff like that. And it was really good to see him and Clay, who had 23 right. in this game, be dominant for the Warriors again. So the Warriors get 124 points, and what do you know? 11 of 19 from Stephen Clay. This that was like the first Splash Brothers game we've had in three years, or however long it's been, where both guys kind of had it going. And more important to me was the, you're right, Steph Curry got it going. We know. I, I feel pretty confident at some point he's going to break out of this slump. Maybe it was tonight. Maybe he's already kind of in the process there. But Clay Thompson was the one I I was less certain of, and. You know, they changed his rotation tonight, Tony, and I thought that was interesting. They're upping his minutes a little bit, but they didn't want to just up it by tacking on five extra minutes all in a row. So it, now he plays the start of the game. He plays the start of the second quarter. And then in the second half, plays three stints so that he can close the game. He wasn't closing games before. Now he's getting to close games. And I, I wonder, shooters need a rhythm. And I imagine coming back and having to play these very stunted little segments here and there you know, that could be tough. So we have a sample size now of one of this new sort of rotation. And what do you know? Clay Thompson busted out of his slump. So uh, something to kind of keep an eye on here in the coming games. Something else to keep an eye on. This game really turned when D'Angelo Russell hurt his shin and exited the game uh, just before halftime. And his 19 or third, I can't remember when it was. doesn't matter. The, the Timberwolves won his minutes uh, when he played. Right. And then they lost. They end up losing because he can't play for much of the second half. That was really killer for them because they were kind of humming offensively when he was out there. But Cat uh, was excellent, excellent in the first half, especially when playing with Russell. 23 points in the first half for Towns. It was tied for his best scoring half of the season. And Charles Barkley said something astute that I agree with that I noticed uh, in this game. And that's that Cat was playing a little more interior based than he normally does, which was interesting. And some of that's a product of how the Warriors defend and who they have on him. But that was a good showing from him to, to be a little more post-based in this game, took 16 two-pointers on his way to 31 points. I thought that was an interesting little development and wrinkle from this Minnesota team. For sure it was. Um, and I liked also, I heard Charles Barkley's comment about, hey, maybe he saw Joel Embiid playing well. Maybe there's a little <laughs> bit of this. I mean, look, we have the the renaissance of the big man really is happening right now, obviously with Jokic and Embiid, which has been for a while now. But Embiid may be a front runner at this point for, for MVP. Jokic, the MVP last year and another candidate this year. And you see a guy like Towns maybe just wanting to, to to stay in that conversation and say, hey, this is the this is a year that's sort of a revolution of the big man in many ways. But your point, I think the most important one, first of all, I got to give a shout out to Jared Vanderbilt, who continues to, to do really interesting things there. He's kind of a, yes. a breakout star there. But D'Angelo Russell, if you look at all of the metrics for the Minnesota Timberwolves and even the simple ones, the plus minus, that team, he sticks out in a crazy way as their plus minus king, meaning it, when he's on the court, usually with that starting lineup, which has been fantastic, but even when he's put with the, with bench or staggered units, he's been phenomenal. So if he has to miss even just a little bit of time, you know, that's a real concern for the Minnesota Timberwolves who like the Lakers are trying to break out of that play in zone. 
Yeah, I agreed. And, you know, we, t- we just talked about the Lakers struggles. Like, let's say D'Lo misses even three games like that helps them a ton. Try to even get into the seven, eight game if you're L.A. So that's well, a big thing. Also coming up, the, the Timberwolves play the Nuggets here, I think, on Tuesday. So like you said, you miss four or five days. That's a game where if Denver wins, they're already three games up in the loss column. You win that one, you go four games up. It, every, those games matter a lot more, especially as there's fewer and fewer games remaining. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last note for me on this game, box score doesn't really show it, but Kuminga continues to be yep. kind of, you can really feel his presence, impressive kind of rookie who gives the Warriors meaningful rotation minutes. I think he's going to be something special. He's a good player. I think he is too. I'm really curious to see how the, the continued evolution uh, goes with him this season because I, I'm just curious to see what guys are playoff reliable guys for the Warriors team because they have so many right. guys that you can just go ahead and pencil in there, including the all-star Andrew Wiggins. Uh, but <laughs> but he's he's that guy that I look at and I'm like, okay, is he a playoff guy? Is he not? Is he going to turn a playoff series in a good way or a bad way? He, his development will be something to really keep an eye on. Yeah, and uh, all-star starter Andrew Wiggins leads this game in plus-minus, and that is a perfect segue into the naming of the all-star starters takes place in the NBA, and yes, you heard that correctly. Andrew Wiggins is one of them. Let's talk about those all-star starters and draft our own teams, Mr. Mars. But before we do that, we got to talk about the good folks over at betonline.ag, and there might be less football being played right now, but there are Championship Sunday coming up this weekend, and BetOnline has way more stuff to bet on beyond just that this playoff season they got scored points total points performance props up there now as well as basketball football hockey boxing you name it they've got it you can even bet on the next fired coach over at bet online the number one spot for all things nfl betting in 2022 and with the new year comes a new updated and mobile website over at betonline.ag where you can sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit all you got to do is use our promo code locked on which is all one word to get started all those sports right down to your favorite vegas casino games bet online is your number one online wagering destination bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games bet online where the game starts All-star starters are out, Mara. Should I just read them off first and then we draft teams? Do you want to talk surprises? What's the What, what do you let's feel like get, the best order is for this? Let's let people know. I don't know if, if people don't know, listening to the show, know who the all-stars are, but let's read them off anyway. A little refresher. Yeah, yeah the East uh, front court was the most obvious thing that was going to happen, but the East <laughs> starters, Embiid, Giannis, and KD in the front court, and DeMar DeRozan, a surprising uh, on the ballot guard, but not a surprising all-star, well-deserved from him, and Trey Young, the final guard in the Eastern Conference. And in the West, the obvious two, Jokic, LeBron, they were going to get it no matter what. And then Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins, his first all-star appearance. He's a starter in the West, and the voting looks very good for him. The media has him six. The players put him up high. The fan voting had him up very high. So while it was surprising to hear the name, all the voting suggested he totally deserved it. And the backcourt, John Morant and Steph Curry. Ooh, very that's well a backcourt right there. John guys. Morant, Steph Curry. Woo! That could uh, that could be the first of several John Morant All Star <laughs> starting appearances in a row. That kid's got it all. So obviously Wiggins is the most surprising one. Did any other name surprise you at all? Do you want to talk about how surprising Wiggins was for you specifically? So here, I, there really weren't any. I mean, you can look at the Eastern Conference, like you said. These I think these guys were locks uh, to be at. Okay. Ooh. Okay. But let me say, but I want to go into Andrew Wiggins here and Demar Derozan. 
Because I know that you're going to say that Andrew Wiggins probably got bumped up a little bit. He got that Warriors bump. Well, well okay. Go ahead. L- let me cover my let me cover my okay. own butt before you yeah. get here. I think he's a deserving All Star. It doesn't matter okay. if it's starter okay. or not. But I don't know. If, okay. I don't know if one of the best three front court players in the West. <laughs> right we were going through the list here before. We'll get to some of the snubs, but I mean, there's nobody that I think sticks out. A Luca, if you say Luca, you got to move off the guard spot now. You got to. And by the way, I do feel like that third spot, guard forward. I mean, does the NBA play as many three guard lineups as they do no. two forward lineups? I mean, come yeah. on, like that, that that that's a swing position. You just need to make that a swing position. But nonetheless, what I think is so neat, so often, one of my pet peeves is so often people talk about players in terms of absolute value. He's the best player. He's the worst player. This guy is a good player. He's a bad player. I think. Andrew Wiggins and DeMar DeRozan have both had a sort of renaissance in these new uh, on these new teams. DeMar DeRozan, I think, is the poster child of this. But Andrew Wiggins flying a little bit under the radar here in that both of these guys were ISO players, mid-range players only. Like, are they are, are they good stats, bad team guys? That was a bit of a reputation for both of those guys. We're seeing with DeMar DeRozan, you get into a good basketball culture, which I think they have a great basketball culture being built there, starting with Arturis Karnasovas there in Chicago, but also just with a bunch of guys that I think want to win, want to compete, and DeMar DeRozan right there with them. And now you see he's actually can be a leader on a team. He could be the go-to guy when you put other competitors and a good system around him. And then the same goes with Andrew Wiggins, who I think over the last two years has really unlocked a lot of his potential that we thought was wasted potential when he's doing it in a bad situation in a bad franchise and surrounded by bad players. You get him in a great culture, obviously a great culture in Golden State, and all of a sudden that potential is unlocked. So it's just something to keep in mind when you when we analyze players, think, hey, he's good, he's skilled. Is he something's not clicking there? Maybe it's personal, maybe it's team related, maybe it's organization, maybe it's a combination of all of those things. But it, it gives you a little perspective that not, these guys often have value somewhere if you find the right spot. Just to annoy you, I'll simply say that is a bad take. Then, <laughs> end of argument. No, I'm kidding. That's all very, very well said and very true, especially for DeRozan, who in San Antonio, I mean, people, people thought he was done, you know, like people right. ripped that trade for the Bulls at times this summer and. Look at him go. He looks great. When I did, you did my Chicago own Bulls real quick, did you see their tweet from their official account? Because it's rare you see this from a team account. They put out the it's a picture of DeMar DeRozan standing in front of a bunch of articles ragging on the trade. So it actually was a really Ooh. cool thing. You rarely see. A, and they're calling like writers out. You could see the, names nice. of the headlines and stuff. So it's rare that you get uh, a team account that will actually call call out the media in that way. But I thought in this instance, it was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, if people are wrong and they can't own up to it, they this, this is not the role for right. them anyway. So good for right. the Bulls for that. Yeah, the, the when I did my East Eastern Conference starters, I did I had four of the five. I didn't have Trey. Uh, I had Zach Levine and James Harden ahead of him, but I, that, that's fine. Trey's yeah. been amazing. You know, any any one of those three guys would have been fine for me. The West, I again four of the five did not have Wiggins. I thought it'd be Draymond, but when we were talking a little before the show, you mentioned that. Draymond hasn't played a whole bunch, and so, you know, that then's totally fair. You know, he he's busy doing TV, which we'll talk about later, and uh, and being hurt, and he'll be out for a little longer too. He might not even play in the All Star game anyway, right, so right. it's not like so egregious anywhere, or anything like that. Rudy Gobert probably is the guy that that has a little bit of a case to be upset about this, but he'll be an All Star anyway. You know, starter doesn't really matter, but those are the only two guys that I thought okay, maybe someone else could have been in that spot. But overall, I think this is 
pretty close to right, despite some of the public response. Well, I think it's no question it should be Gobert, should should be on this <laughs> list. But let's be honest, man. And I think the reason he didn't make it was because he was so low on the fan vote. I think he would the point total like w- between other players and uh, media was high, but the fans just don't want to see Rudy Gobert in the All-Star game for whatever reason. But also, I mean, I know this is every Jazz fan, including our boss, is going to roll his eyes at this, but does anybody really want to see a Jokic Gobert front court in an All-Star game? I mean, come on. <laughs> Okay, well, they might not even end up on the same team. But here, here, and here's the other thing about the starters: if you look, even next year, if you look back on the All Star teams last year, you're not going to know or care who started. You're just going right, to know who the right. All Stars were. You know, the, the starter part doesn't matter if you make the team. Yeah. That's what matters, and that's where the snub line is. Do you want to draft teams? Do you want to just make first picks? Kevin Durant's not even going to end up being a starter because he's not going to play. So, you want to be Kevin Durant because then you can just opt out right away. <laughs> uh, sure, I'll be Kevin Durant. That well, I. I so do you want to do this as what we think these guys will pick? Because I'm always curious. Yes. That, or do you want to do it? Yes. Okay. So how you think they will pick? That's interesting. Yes. Well, because it used to be with like all the all the tampering jokes in the world. Right. 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 So like if Harden was in this, Katie's picking Harden number one because he doesn't want him to leave right. Brooklyn with all the stuff going on. But it's a little harder now with you know the, the cap dropping makes it impossible for some of these players to move. So right. uh, Katie would have the first pick. If you're Katie, who who is your first pick that is not LeBron James going to be? I think KD is going to take Steph Curry. Yes, I also think that that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, LeBron could go a number of directions for a number of reasons. Um, I think he'd probably go with Embiid with, with mm. his first pick if that was what if that's what KD did. But you know uh, what's nice about here's the problem with picking either of Embiid or Jokic early is then it almost gives the other guy a free pick. Unless yeah. you really want the other guy, because it's like, well, you're not gonna take Yoke now. You're not gonna take Jokic, so I can just pick him last because the other center's <laughs> off the board. That's true. So, all right, you went with Embiid. That gives uh, me, Kevin Durant, an extra an extra pick here. <laughs> I, I think he might go with John Morant. I'm very curious to see what the response is to John Morant uh, from, from these guys. Like, he's the newcomer. There's always the newcomer in, the, in, in these things. And I'm really curious to see, is he popular? Or is he like, hey, you got to earn your stripes here? But John Morant's so fun, I could see him being a KD guy. So you got you got two guards first. So I, I'll just I'll just load up on the front court. We'll go sideline. <laughs> I'll give me Giannis. Somehow Giannis makes it to the fourth pick in this fictional draft that we're doing. Here. Uh, but I got to remember I'm in LeBron's shoes, and LeBron has right. respect for champions and guys who guys who cross that finish line. So I'll take Giannis. So, so you have a very physically dominant defensive team right now between <laughs> LeBron and Giannis. Yeah, I can't I can't pick Trey next. So please please don't leave me with Trey. Sadly. So I think, uh, all right, Kevin Durant, his next one, he's taking DeMar DeRozan. I think okay. another bucket getter. So he's going to go there. Very small I'm, team. I, well, now I'm out of guards, so I have to pick Trey. <laughs> I have there to you pick go. Trey. And, and then we'll round it, out, round it out with Jokic. So I actually like this lineup. If you go Steph Curry, if you give Jokic, Steph Curry, John Morant, Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, that's all bucket getters. Jokic going to be out of the perimeter throwing dimes. I think that works. I'm all about my... Trey Wiggins, Giannis, LeBron, and Bead team. We're gonna be, we're gonna have arms everywhere in our uh, no effort defenseless All Star game. We're gonna be, we're gonna be the lengthiest no effort team until the, the charity fourth quarter ever. Yeah, it might. Can it we, might can be. we abolish keeping score in the All Star game? I just, just, just play a twelve minute exhibition and get it over with. I like this new format. I, I, I like the new format. It's I like the end of the game. game. <laughs> Yeah, but even the little like the quarters matter differently now for different chair. It makes each quarter a little bit more interesting. I, I don't know. I like it. I think it, I think it works. 
to the, to the extent I pay attention to the game, I suppose it's better than it used to be, but I still right. uh I still cannot really get behind anything like that. We brought up Draymond Green earlier both yeah. as an all-star candidate and also because it was announced or leaked or uh came to light that Draymond is going to be joining TV broadcasts while still being an active player today, yesterday. And I think that Adam came up with a brilliant idea to say, let's power rank who the five best or five most interesting TV analyst players that are currently actively playing right now would be if they retire or even, in Draymond's case, while they're actively playing. But before we power rank, because it's Friday, we got to talk about the good folks over at Bill Barn. Before I talk about them, Adam, what is your favorite flavor of Bilt Bar? Coconut ones are good, especially the coconut uh, almond one. Um, and I like the poofs. Those are the ones the I like. Yeah, yeah the, the, mars- the marshmallow-filled ones. They're so are chewy, very easy to yeah. eat. So Bilt Bar is making the best-tasting t- protein bars out there, if you didn't get the hints just there. They're 100% covered in chocolate protein bars that actually taste delicious. They taste like candy bars, but they're way healthier than candy bars. Most of them have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, Four net carbs, but 17 grams of protein, which is way better in all those stats. And candy bars, 100% covered in real chocolate. And they have tons and tons of delicious flavors. A great way to stick to your New Year's resolution and keep your body all healthy and together. I have been on the New Year's resolution grind this year, and Built Bar has been a big part of my plan. If you want to try them and their delicious flavors, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code again, LOCKED15, for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen today. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Lakers. See what they're talking about after that loss without LeBron and potentially, as we talked about earlier, their place in the standings. It's Friday on Locked On NBA. It's power ranking day. Adam came up with a lovely idea of ranking. Power ranking. Excuse me. I got to get this correct. The five best TV analysts. Who would, or excuse me, the top five players who would make great TV analysts, a la Draymond joining TNT. I can't use Draymond on my list, I assume. Uh, Adam, do you want me to go first? Well, I'll, I'll say this: if you could use Draymond, he would be number one. So we can, For sure. that, in my opinion, because I think For Draymond sure. Green is obviously super insightful about basketball, and not every player is, by the way. That's like really intuitive. For example, Nikola Jokic is an incredibly like high IQ player. I think he'd suck on TV. He'd be terrible. Yeah. Every time yeah. you ask him like. Hey, can you break down this play? He's like, yeah, I passed it, and uh, and the, it, the guy shot it. And you're like, oh wow, <laughs> thrilling stuff. But Draymond is really good at that. But he also like understands the social dynamics extremely well. Like, he understands honestly almost all facets of not just the game. Obviously, he knows all facets of the game, but just the way the league works. And he's so good at sharing that. So he would have been. He's number one. I'm super excited for this. It will get a little weird. Like there, there's a lot of opportunity for this to get weird and go into some gray areas. But yeah, well, like tampering is the first thing I thought of when I saw this. Ironically, didn't he get in trouble with the Booker stuff or something like that a couple years ago? He was talking about getting Devin Booker out of Phoenix. Yeah, of course. So like, there, this is definitely a gray area. The Adam Silver era in the NBA, and some a lot of this is just like the world has changed, technology's changed, we've gone through a pandemic, all this stuff. But the Adam Silver era, uh, era has really been a lot about blurred lines and gray gray areas where you're like, yes, hmm, okay, there's players now have agencies and and now we're, they're also media. Well, the tampering, but not tampering. So <laughs> it's a lot of weird things. You can't uh, take away everybody's right. cell phone. Uh, <laughs> right. So it's going to be kind of hard to, to limit what can and can't happen going forward. 
Would you like me to give a very, very serious first answer in my power rankings here or a very off-the-wall, lackadaisical answer? This is your power rankings, and whatever you go with, I'm going to critique it. I'm going to make fun of it. I'm going to poke holes (laughs) in it. Well, my number five guy is a somewhat serious answer. Uh, My number five is CJ McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers. Okay. All right. Yes. Currently has his own podcast talking about the NBA, and it's – it's very interesting. It provides his own insight. He, like Draymond, is good at the social dynamic part, good communicator, good player, good at breaking down the game. So that is a pretty serious one, but I think he would do well in a similar setting that Green is in now. Yeah. CJ McCollum, it's weird. He's he's pretty good. He's pretty good in terms of like you know, he talks about interesting things. He has great guests on. He's very comfortable doing it. I yep. wonder, CJ McCollum's kind of off the radar right now. And I don't know yes, if it's yes. just because of this year with Portland, but that would be my only holdup is I'm thinking, <laughs> do I really care what he has to say so much right now? Maybe <laughs> maybe a little bit less than I did a year or two ago. That That's fair. That's fair. Who is your fifth? Do you have a fifth? No, no, no. I'm playing off your list here. Just critiquing all right, all right. it. All right. <laughs> well, we'll move up the list to one that is less serious, but still very fun. Uh, and this is somewhat based off of my favorite TV segment from any NBA player of all time and somewhat based off of his his old career as a star and current career as a title chaser. Ready? Number four for me is uh, Blake Griffin. I think Blake Griffin. Hey, oh, man, that's a great one. I actually yeah. think he would be really good. Um, I don't even think it's that silly. Like, I think he would provide some interesting insights. He's very funny. He's incredibly funny. There's a lot of versatility you could do with him. I was thinking yeah. about this the other day is Nick Wright. For some reason, Jokic is like eight triple doubles in a row. He's playing incredible basketball. Nuggets are winning these games that he's talking about. He's not good enough to be a top five player or this or that. And I'm thinking, how have we evolved from uh, Ahmad Rashad in the 90s, who's just like celebrating basketball. Every time he opens his mouth, it's a celebration of the game, the NBA. So like, the only way we talk about it now is this guy sucks. He's only the yeah. sixth best player in the league. He's no good. Uh, but I think Blake Griffin... He would be good to like send on those Ahmad Rashad type assignments where he's taking you behind the scenes and and, and this type and cracking jokes with the guys and I think he'd be good at that. If you I I don't know if you have or haven't seen it, Mars, but even for listeners, if you haven't seen Blake Griffin on SNL making fun of so post game media interviews, it is one of my favorite TV bits from an athlete of all time. It is so funny and and as someone who's been in those situations, being the interviewer before. It hit right where it hurt because I have asked similar <laughs> questions to the ones Blake Griffin was making fun of. It was very funny. He's had a very interesting career being on some very good teams, jumping over the car, now being on some title favorites. You know, I, I think he'd be very good. Uh, number three for me, this is definitely my most off-the-wall answer. And I was watching him play, and that's what made me think he'd be funny on TV. And that is Anthony Edwards. Because oh, Anthony Edwards- man. Anthony Edwards is my no, definitely my silliest answer. And I have an you've honorable two, mention that is also a silly answer. You've got but. two that are better than this one. My goodness. I do. I, I do. Anthony Edwards is is made for television. I mean, like every yeah. time there's a microphone in front of him, it's something go. I love I can't explain how much I love Anthony Edwards. The basketball player and the personality. Yeah. 100%. He'd be he he might be number one. <laughs> like his quotes to just the most rudimentary questions oh. are are unbelievably good, right? And like that just says everything about his personality, right? He got little sayings, he's got little phrases, insane confidence, ten out of ten smile. Uh, yeah, he's the best. Super You're making me player. wish I moved him up to number two. I would not have moved him off uh, over my number one, but I would have probably bumped him over the guy I'm about to say. So you're okay. making me you're making me sad about leaving him number three. Number two, a guy I covered in my own local market, coach's son, 
Already a good coachable guy. Very good at explaining the game to me when I have questions for him. And that's TJ McConnell. Oh, my no gosh. Wow. <laughs> no way. No, no one's tuning in to watch TJ McConnell. I understand wow. just getting dunked on to Holy Hell. He would be really good on TV. I'm serious. He is very cordial. He's very, very funny. And he's very good at explaining the game. I, people I on Twitter, on. please at T East NBA and wow. Adam underscore. I got to hear the feedback to this. I have, you can't leave I me can't out. Believe you that. Have, pick up your phone, tweet us right now and let me know what you think about TJ McConnell being a better studio host or analyst. Yeah, or yeah I got to switch those two. I'm okay with having him top three, but I understand getting that. I love it. TJ, I, I'm in, man. TJ McConnell. I am unflinchingly it. rigid on my number one being my number one. All right, let's hear it. Chris Paul. Yeah, this is a good yeah, one. Right? Like, he'd um, be, he, I think he'd be just like Draymond, basically. He'd be awesome. Here, here's the problem with Chris Paul, though, is number one. I'm going to explain to you my problem. Chris Paul's defining trait in the NBA, other than being like a fantastic point guard, <laughs> is a guy that figures out every minor way to exploit the rules. And are you telling me if you allow this guy to be an, an animal? We just talked about Draymond tampering. Are you kidding me? Chris Paul will be sending signals every season. The only thing he'll talk about is in code that only other players will know. Like there's, he would find a way to use that to his advantage uh, and, and, and cut some corners there. So that's the only thing about him. But he's a, obviously a great mind, really well, interesting guy, knows everyone. When I was thinking about this, I would I would lobby for a whole segment of Chris Paul pointing out every player with an untucked jersey after he got that, <laughs> got that technical a few years ago and he was with OKC that ended up of winning him the game. Uh, on the one point they got on that technical. Was it OKC? Oh, yeah, he was in OKC. He was with OKC. I don't remember who they were playing that night. It was Timber, was I'm pretty sure it was Timberwolves, and it affected the game. It actually changed the outcome. It totally changed the outcome of the game. My honorable mention, I have two, um, and one is in the Anthony Edwards camp, so I have to say. I think LaMelo Ball would be would be awesome in this role Man. as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We need some seasoning. Need a little. Yeah, maybe two, three years from now. I just, really I just got to talk to him because the Hornets were in Indy. He's, he's just got it a little bit, you know. He says For stuff sure. that is just he, he says exactly what he means, and he says it in the way he talks, and he still is very good at breaking down the game. He, sure. That one was an honorable mention, and LeBron is an honorable mention for me as well. For I mean, obvious reasons. No you want to watch LeBron on TV? No, no thanks. Great. I'm out. I pass. <laughs> Solid pass. Okay, so um, can I can I ask you a question about this this topic? Sure. Who um in the current NBA, if you could think of anyone, would be like Charles Barkley? Like they'd be the guy who's always like, "Oh, the two thousands NBA was the best NBA," and these players these days <laughs> suck. You know, who, back who, in the day, yeah. Who would be the back in the day kind of guy? Well, honestly, it's LeBron. I mean, LeBron <laughs> has been in like legacy protection mode since he was in high school. So this would. Be, and by the way, this is going to happen in whatever venture he does. Like, I can't wait. It's going to be the year 2027. He'll be one year removed. He'll be like, I remember how we played in the early 20s. And you're like, what? <laughs> Two years ago? Um, so it's definitely him. I think he'll be protecting it. Dwight Howard probably also. Yeah. Um, he'll be Damn. one of those guys as well. I, I'll give you a couple honorable mentions, though, that for me, Matisse Thibel, really talented. Remember what he did in the bubble? So less of like an analyst personality, but... I can imagine if you just at TNT said, "Hey, uh, just make us a vlog. We'll, we'll air it every week. It would it would be a very good one." I can't get dunked on for TJ McConnell. You just slide Matisse Thibel past. <laughs> at least at least Thibel has some video editing skills. Yes, man. he That's, does. Yes, he does. Uh, yes, he and does. and they were good. And they were good vlogs. You're right. You're right. Javale McGee would be my other one. That'd I think he one. could be a he could be a really nice. And he has time on his hands. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that was a surprisingly more fun exercise than, than I expected to be when I was thinking about it. When I thought of Anthony Edwards, and it, it's unfair because he was playing while I was thinking of this, yeah. but I was like, oh man, I, I kind of want that now. Like I would, I would enjoy that. Maybe I should have made him number one because I mean, he he would just be an absolute delight. I got nothing else for today, Mars, unless you do. I think that's good, man. Good show. Good little week. Um, now we get to head into our weekend. Head into the weekend, and next week's the last full week pre-trade deadline in the NBA. So teams are really going to be solidifying their stances for the stretch run. It's going to be a fascinating time in the NBA. And as you know, we'll cover it all here on the Lockdown NBA Podcast. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll be back on Monday.